0: In the last episode, we talked about going from script to supported package. I worked on a project called Submark and did the packaging with it with a tool called Flit. Today's episode is a continuation of that episode. Um, I'm going to cover a couple other different things, though. I made a couple of changes to Submark in a TDD-ish fashion, and I want to talk about that a little bit. In order to get the project into a place where I can do TDD with it, I needed to make the package editable and testable at the same time. There's a way for Flit to do allow this, and we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about a decision I made about grouping up some of our test cases and some modifications to traditional test-driven development that helped me to develop faster when things are going pretty good. Thank you to PyCharm for sponsoring this episode. We'll talk a little bit more about PyCharm a little later in the episode. This is Testing Code, episode 81. Welcome to Testing Code, a podcast about software development, software testing, and Python. Well, I have been having a lot of fun getting back into Markdown Converter stuff and working with regular expressions, and last week's time-lapse episode was a lot of fun. So how do we continue with this? Uh, So far, Submark doesn't support that much. As far as we've got tested so far, we've got headers H1 through 5 and italics and bold or emphasis and strong. Those are supported. There are other one-liners that I think might not be too bad to convert with regular expressions. Uh, Links, images, inline code, horizontal rules, and line breaks at the end of text. Those all should be pretty easy to implement, I hope. Stuff that I'm intentionally putting off for now, but hopefully not for long, are uh, block quotes, code blocks, ordered lists, unordered lists, multi-level lists, and paragraphs. And I'm putting up paragraphs partly because they're block element. I'm putting all block stuff off. But I'm also, um, I don't really, I have got some issues with the way traditional markdown uh, uses paragraphs. I think it's a little weird, but I'm going to talk about that in a future episode, possibly maybe uh, if it's relevant to to more people. Um, But anyway, um, so I'm intentionally putting that off for now. But I also, uh, once I get done with all that stuff, I would like to also add, ID and class um, features. Uh, It's part of often called uh, Markdown Extra, but I'd like to have ID and class available for headers, links, and images because for styling in CSS, it's important. But that's not really what I wanna talk about today. Let's get started with versions. In the last episode, uh, I mentioned checking in and tagging different stages of development for for the Submart project. And if you wanna follow along, um, you'd do something like this. You'd get clone the project, cd into the this, this submark directory, uh, do a, create a virtual environment, activate the virtual environment, and then you've got the latest code. But how do you look and see those other changes, the previous uh, tags? And it, I had to look this up, and I'm glad I did. It's really, I, I use it a lot, but for some reason, until I just looked it up for this time and wrote it down, it was hard for me to remember. But it shouldn't be. It's just um, so if you're looking at different branches with Git, you do a Git checkout and then the branch name. But instead of the branch name, you could just put the uh, version and that works. So if I were to say Git checkout V 0.1, I would get um, it would get I would go look at version 0.1 because I tagged it that way. And um, but I'd also get a warning that says you are in a detached head state. That sounds ominous but that warning is just basically to tell you there to tell you to don't make changes. It's like, a think of it, like a view only mode. I mean, you can, I think I'm not a good expert. Maybe you can continue to develop from there, but I'm not sure. Um, So, so there's, there's a 0.1 that's available. 0.2, 0.3, 0.4, 0.5. Those are all from last, last episode. And for this episode, I did bump it to version 0.0. Point. There's on PyPI, there's version 0.6 and 0.7, but in the tags, there's only 0.7. I forgot to tag the 0.6. Sorry about that. But uh, a little bit more about that in a second. After recording the last episode, I published the package after I pushed it to uh, GitHub. I did a flit publish. Really, it's just that that's the command flit space publish, and that pushes it to PyPI. So I went to check it out to see if it was there, and yes, it's there. But the there's no text there. It was a blank description. So that was a bummer. How do I fix that? So that's the first thing I did. Um, I went, I uh, did a little bit of research, just a very little, and I realized that there was um, Flit supports a thing for metadata, and so there was one line I had to add to the Pyproject.toml file, and it's under the metadata section, I had to add the uh, description file and set it to the readme.markdown. Um, and and then I tried to flip publish again, and it didn't work uh, because I it already had a 0.5 there. So I bumped the version to 0.6, checked it in, tried it again, and it worked great. Um, And then I moved on to future 0.7 stuff, and I forgot to tag 0.6. So sorry about that, but the only thing that changed is that one line of the readme. So I want to add – so for 0.7, I want to add more features, and I'm going to start with links and some of the other one-liner stuff. Um, But first, I need to set up my development environment that that I can – and I like to develop in like a TDD mode like this where I've got uh, my tests in one tab um, or one panel of my editor – my code in another um, panel, and I want to be able to run. So they've got right and left there, side by side, and I want to be able to run my tests and see the output and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, so that's one part, just being able to get my editor all set up. But I also need to install my code such that when I'm running my tests, I see I can make changes to the code and run the tests. But in last episode, I. We talked about um, setting up the uh, the testing so that it looked at the tests look at the installed version not the local version so how do you do that um, well with setup tools based projects you you set it you set the project to editable mode using pip install e dot for dot for the current directory and that um, that sets it up in, in development mode or in editable mode. But that doesn't work for pyproject.toml-based projects. Um, the For PyProject, for, for flit-based, I'm using flit, but flit supports it. So uh, pip doesn't yet support it. It probably will at some point, just doesn't yet. But um, you can use uh, flit install uh, dash dash pth dash file. Um, these are going to be in the show notes or flit install dash S. So using a path file or a symbolic link, the dash S doesn't work on windows. So use the path file option for windows, uh, for Mac and Linux. You can use either. I often use the dash S just because it's a little less typing is all the other thing I want to be able to do. Like if I clone it, if I, if I wipe out my directory and start from scratch I'm cloning, I want to install my development tools in, A lot of projects, there's a requirements underscore text file. I don't want to add that primarily because Flit already has a process that I can use. And the thing that Flit has is it allows you to add a uh, requires extra uh, section to um, the PyProject.toml file. And so I added one of those. Also, this will be in the show notes as well. Um, Or you can look on the project, on on the Submark project but there's um, there's just an extra uh, requires extra line that I am listing so far. Pytest, pytest-cov, and talks, and uh, under the as a test argument to that. Um, it's kind of hard to describe on on the air, but um, but it's a pretty simple little extra change. I can do my pyproject.toml. So what that does in the test section is if um, if those things are not already loaded when I do a flit install. Or a flit install dash s or path file, but any any flit install will install um, the current project, but it also installs all of these uh, all the test tools. So I don't need a requirements underscore dev dot text file. Yay! Um, and actually, so I talked about this already, but it simplifies the development workflow for somebody new coming in. So the the general idea then is clone the project, create the virtual environment, install flit, run flit install with a dash dash path file or dash dash S and that's it. You're ready to develop and test. You can run talks. Um, you can run pytest with uh, coverage, looking at the Submark directory. Um, you can run individual to specify individual tests or run them from the editor. It all works great. So with my editor, all set up looking at the correct virtual environment and the pytest set up as my test runner um, and my panels set up. I've got test code and write panel uh develop my code in the left my tests running it's great i can start developing thank you to pycharm for sponsoring this episode pycharm is designed by programmers for programmers to provide all the tools you need for productive python development including this tdd style development it's really easy to set it up with your test code in one pane your source code in the other pane your tests running at the bottom there's easily run controls on the left side of the of the, the test tree. And there's even an extra cool feature that I love a lot, which is run the past failed tests. So when I'm doing in TDD model, I know I've got some failed tests because I haven't implemented the feature yet. I can just rerun those tests easily with the run failed tests. The, all of that is there with the free and pro version. So why do I have the pro version? I have the pro version because of when I want the extra power, I want it right away. Just recently, I was debugging a Postgres database problem I needed to connect to a database, look at the tables, and it was so easy in PyCharm. Incredibly easy, super fast. There's even a schema design diagram tool that helped me visualize the data and the interaction. The Pro license for the time it saved me on just that one problem. It was totally worth it. So if you work with databases even once in a while, you should check this out. You can try out Pro for four months by going to testandgo.com slash PyCharm before August 2nd. So with my code in editable mode and my tools installed, I'm ready to develop the next feature, link support. I look up the markdown syntax, and there are a couple of versions. The brackets containing link text and the link URL in parentheses, and another version that's the same, but with um, with a title in quotes after the URL. The title is what shows up near the cursor when you hover over a link on a page. It's a cool feature, but I forgot about those. Uh, but I'll, I plan on supporting both of them. So I opened up my editor with uh, the submart project um, and I've got it all set up with the panels and everything. So uh, what do I write? Well up until now, um, even though there are a lot of test cases, there's only two tests so far. I had uh, test convert uh, which um, was had a parameterization of nine test cases and that tested all the uh, all the the all the the conversions I had it, um, and the parameters that it took in. Took an input string and an expected output, so it took the input string, ran it through the top level convert method, and uh, checked it against the expected output. Um, and that flow was easy, so the it, parameterization worked really easy. The other test was the command line with pipe to make sure the command line interaction works. So um, I was just testing the pipe version. Uh, there's another way to run submark, which is with a with a file. Um, and so I could have another test that checks to make sure that passing in a file works, and that's not too hard to do with PyTest. And I probably should do that. Um, but, okay, so the reason why I didn't do it so far is two reasons. One, I've manually tested and it works. I don't like that reason, though. Um, the other reason is all the heavy lifting for that interaction is done with a standard library module called file input. And the only way I can see that, pipe working and files not working or as if the, that standard library component breaks. And that's really unlikely. Um, now that I'm talking through this, though, there is a reason why I should add the test anyway. And it isn't because I think that it's ever going to catch a failure because I don't think it's going to catch a failure. Um, the reason that I probably should add that test case is because that will highlight that that mode of operation is important to this package, um, to the submark project. And that's important for me in the future or any other future developers. And it's also, you know, it's possible that a future uh, refactor of the code could implement that command line interaction differently and maybe not use file input. Um, And so then the test developer or the the developer in the future, even if it's me, would have no way of knowing that if the refactoring breaks that intended use model. So, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and put that in a future to-do future test to do list. But right now that's not what I want to test. What I want to test is links because I want to implement that. I could add this test case. Um, I guess there's two test cases for the two kinds of tests, two kinds of links. I could ask that test, uh, add that to test convert, but instead I'm going to just copy the structure of test convert into a new test called to test convert new stuff Um, and rip out all the old parameters and put new parameters in for the new one. And, um, so the reason why I split it up, it's, uh, it's easy for me to run the new stuff. Uh, I can just right click on it in the editor and say, run that. Um, it's also separates the old and new functionality so that when I'm editing, I'm changing stuff. I, it changes, it separates the, um, this stuff doesn't work yet from the, I broke something that used to work. Um, I don't always do this, but I felt like doing it today. So I copy a couple of the examples as uh, input and expected output of the link structure in Markdown and what it should look like after converted as parameters into the test. I run the tests um, uh, to see that it fails, but it's also not just to see it fails, but it's also makes it the, the the existing test run in the, in my editor. And so it's easy to rerun it. And uh, and I'll be rerunning it a lot while I'm developing. Um, And, and then I so I wrote the test, saw it fail, I went and added a link function. It's only a couple lines of code. It was pretty easy to implement. That one went pretty pretty fast. And so it went pretty fast. It went so fast that I decided to even speed things up faster. I had a lot of um, a lot of new things I wanted to add. I wanted to add images. I wanted to add inline code. I wanted to add horizontal rules. I wanted to add line breaks at the end of the text line. So four, four kind of new feature-ish things, new features of Markdown that I wanted to add. And I, um, I I knew I needed to do lots of sorts of things. I needed to look up all the syntax to make sure I had the syntax correct. I needed to write new test cases, and then I needed to implement it. Not too bad, but um, I wanted to batch things. So I, I went ahead and batched all of those together. So I did all the looking up. I looked on, up all the the markdown syntax for all these features um, at once and wrote them down. And then I, instead of just writing them down anywhere, I wrote them down as new test cases to the test convert new stuff test. Um, and so I've got a whole bunch of new test cases. They all fail because it's not implemented yet. But I, so I batched the researching stuff. I batched the um, writing the test cases. And then I can focus on just, um, keep running, rerunning the tests and uh, implementing everything until it goes pretty good. And the images threw me for a loop right away. So the image syntax looked like it would be a little tricky as a regular expression. So in the implementation, um, I also copied the example from the test into the implementation just as a comment. Um, and and I, I did that so that the regular expression that I was implementing was right underneath the comment of the example. So it helped me develop that. Um, it still was confusing, but anyway, uh, that adding the comment, uh, to that function helped me, um, for implementation. So I just went ahead and did that for the rest of these, these batch things. I did the examples, um, it it worked cool. So I just kept it up and, and then I got done. Um, so once I got all these implemented, I reran all the tests I re ran talks and everything was green. So I'm done, right? I can bump it to 0.7 and call it good. Not quite. The README was wrong. So I do have documentation, but the documentation is just the README. But anyway, the README has examples of what's supported so far. So I'm supporting new stuff. So I need to update the documentation. Makes sense. And I'm glad I went back and did this because um, I went back and looked at the, I wrote examples. And for one of the features, I think it was images, there was an extra parentheses in a weird place. Um, and it didn't make sense. I'm like, why is this parentheses here? Does it, It's not matched up. doesn't make sense. And I went back and looked at the test and the code and saw that the error was in both places. And I think one of the things that happened is I was writing the test and the code at the same time. But I did uh, take a break after I was done and then come back with fresh eyes and look at when I to look at the, do the documentation. Um, and I spotted it then, and I'm glad I did. So, um, extra parentheses didn't need to be there. So I fixed the test and the code broke, of course. So I fixed the code and now the code and the test and the documentation match what I really wanted it to do. So yay, documentation, one more way to help find errors. Um, now that I've had all the tests done, so I've got, uh, I've got, the new features in the new test, the, the, you know, test convert new feature, new stuff, or whatever I called it. Um, I could have moved all of those. Uh, I could have all moved all those into the other test, the existing test, um, parameterization that would have worked just fine for, uh, for follow along purposes. I left them in the new, the test new stuff, um, function so that you guys can look at it. It's checked in under 0.7. Uh, the moving forward I'm probably going to move it move that those parameterizations into 0.8 and the reason why I'm not and I've seen this done before even in uh, in work environments you write it you write a new you're writing new fe- features you're writing new a new test I think that's fine but don't leave them there if, if they really belong somewhere else and the problem is the logic of the two tests is identical and if there's two tests with parameterization with identical logic, why are they two tests? If there, if there's the only reason is time, that doesn't make sense in the future. So um, somebody else maintaining the code is going to look at it and go, "Why are these? Why are these different?" And if they're really not different and there's no reason, then go ahead and move them together. I was hoping with the new stuff name to be obvious and boring and as to why. But it's not. It's not going to be new stuff for long. So eventually, it should go back. Um, I also, when I was documenting it, I noticed a few more features while documenting and writing notes for this episode that I that I missed. Um, inline code blocks uh, are done with backticks. But what if you have a backtick in your code block that you're trying to mark down? Um, that's that's tricky. So one of the ways that uh, Markdown allows that is for double back ticks. So my implementation doesn't allow double back ticks. It'd be cool if it does, doesn't yet. So I'm putting it on the list of things to do in the future. Also, I noticed that the Alt and Title uh, section for images are not optional. They should be optional. So that goes on the to-do list in the future. And also, I don't have a to-do list yet. So um, I'm doing all of this on GitHub. So I'll try to remember soon to convert all of these notes into actual issues in GitHub. That'd be great. And then once they're there, maybe you can help me fix them or implement them. That'd be great. This was, um, I'm having fun with this project. The next episode probably won't be here on this, but who knows? I'm having quite a lot of fun. Uh, But one of the things I want to, I want to recap some of the things that we've covered in this episode, because I kind of jumped around a lot. So, uh, Git tags are great for being able to look at different versions of the Submark code or any other project that uses tags. Check out uh, the PryProject.toml changes um, in Submark. Uh, the changes that to look at are uh, for the README so that it shows up on PyPI and the extras section uh, to do um, the development uh, dependencies. flit install uh, path file or flit install-s will allow you to install the project in editable mode so you can run the tests and talks locally as well as installed, and it's all the same. Um, the TDD style of testing of test and code then test and code, that works fine, of course, but you can also batch work and write a bunch of test cases and then run a bunch of code. That works fine also, and it might make, make might save time in task switching, so don't dismiss that. And the last thing is that documentation is a great debugging tool also. So um, in this example, I found a typo that's hard, uh, a typo for this project. But I also found in the past, I've found bigger problems. Um, And often they are in the form of it's hard to document. It's hard to tell a user how to use it. If it's hard to document, that's a red flag. And maybe the design needs changed. Um, also, that's similar to if it's hard to test. That's a red flag. Um, so hard to test, hard to document. Those are good problems to find out early so you can change them before your users are dependent on that. And last but not least, PyCharm is awesome. Don't forget to try out um, try out the TDD model and also some of the pro t- features like uh, inspecting your databases by going to testingcode.com slash PyCharm. And grabbing your free month or your four month free trial uh, before August 2nd. Thanks to PyCharm for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for listening and for recommending the show to friends and colleagues and on social media. Thank you to Patreon supporters. You totally rock. And the link for this, the show notes for this episode are at slash 81. That's everything. So go out and test something. Thanks.